What is up, friends? Uh, welcome to episode two of Matt Five Podcast. You've got Phil, Jeff, Billy, and Ethan here to talk about, well, whatever we feel like. And today's topics, a little bit later on, we're going to get into the Barry Blast. We're going to talk about some collegiate, how it fits into Path to Pro. But first, we got some news. Yes. So, uh, do you know, I'm talking out of turn because I'm looking through the Runner Show. There's actually Billy's articles. I'm going to I'm gonna step away from the mic. Billy, let's... Uh... I, I, I'm looking at the Runner Show right now and getting it popped <laughs> up. <for me. laughs> we're prepared. It we are so prepared. Yeah. Such a such a smooth run in from Jeff, and then just <laughs> in, in fairness, I took the reins and steered us into a wall. Wow! Overwatch Empowerment Cup there is we the go. first thing on our docket today, and I tell you what, Chase has been putting this together. Threw it out there. Vite Ramen actually got behind it as well, and has uh, thrown into the uh, the prize pool as well. This is one of the best things that I have seen coming out of 2021 so far, gentlemen. I I, I want to say you know. Oh, 2022 sorry i'm still getting used to putting that in all of my stuff and covid robbed fair, a year if not two years yeah, from everybody's brain true. so i mean you're it's not your in fault my it's mind it's still 2016 minutes so the good thing is okay so one is it's really going towards marginalized communities within our beloved game that's the first part it really wants to empower them especially with everything that went down with those two dickheads over in europe uh, one of them that's not welcome back in my America anymore, uh, <laughs> looking at you, Semler. Uh, but still, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, well, I mean, let, let's, I, this is a pink elephant in the room. That's why all this came about. Well, when they started doing their bullshit, uh, you know, we decided, uh, Chase took it very personally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the, uh, this is the love child that came about of that whole uncomfortable, cringe, OG, old guard, uh, esports. I am esports. Um, no, we are esports. <laughs> yeah. Not the marginalized communities are part of us as well, and I love to see this. I love the fact that Vite Ramen uh, went on to it as well and attached themselves on it. And then Monkey Bubble Reflash yeah. are going to be doing the production for this. Uh, massive props to them because we all love Monkey Bubble and Reflash mm -hmm. here. But I mean, still, just to throw that weight behind there, the quality of the production behind there, putting this up there alongside, you know, the Chase Streamer Showdown. I mean, they're giving that same level of attention to this empowerment come. I could not be prouder of this. This is going to be a fantastic event. I can't wait to see where this leads and how this might affect, you know, the whole landscape of competitive Overwatch moving forward. Yeah, I think it's it's a little, you've got to be a little bit careful, right? Because it's specifically about marginalized genders, like, and then to make Chase the focus, like, kind of defeats the point. However, like, Ch Chase has done this entirely off their own back. Like, yep. you, you've got you got to give the kid like for, and again, I'm I'm I think I'm twice. Chase's age, uh, which is in, in it's true. embarrassing for a bunch of reasons we don't have time to go into right now. But like, <laughs> if, if I had my life together as much as Chase seems to have their life together, um, I would be probably a millionaire by now. So keep, right? keep, keep your eyes on Chase, everybody, because he's going to keep on doing big things. He's not even 18 yet. That's yeah. the beautiful thing. He is such a... He's an old soul uh, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a new millennium body, and that's why I love the kids so much. And yeah. he is a kid because he's not 18 yet. And I, I, I just... I've I told him in private messages that we've gone back and forth. He's, al he's always been very willing to reach out to me and ask me about things, especially, you know, like the LGBTQ community. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've always found that talking with him, he gets it. Mm. And that's the biggest thing is that he gets it. He understands why the marginalized communities need to have more representation, why they need to have stuff specifically geared towards them. That's why I love Chase so much. That's why I really bring his name up. 
uh other than that i mean this is all about uh the marginalized community and yeah. i could not be prouder of him i'm throwing all my weight behind it i probably won't be able to cast it <laughs> uh not putting my uh putting my my chips in the bag there but you know i have to work on sundays and you know a lot of these can, can things, i can i also yeah. just jump in jump in very quickly like i was super impressed like, anytime there is any kind of community opportunity that comes up right like i'm a little bit guilty of this everyone's a little bit guilty of this of like oh yeah i'll come and cast that actually everybody has been very very restrained on this um which i think great because there are obviously a lot of female non-binary marginalized gender casters in this community let's give them a chance to do this so I, i'm super it was super cool to see that or super cool to not see super cool to see the thing that didn't happen like all yep. the normal people going yeah let me cast it let me yeah. cast it like no, everyone, everyone just made some well. space is we, we we don't we, we have a lot of people uh who obviously are female or non-binary who are, are who are broadcast talent a lot of people who want to be broadcast talent right yeah. who are in marginalized communities and it's, it's time to give them some space because they need it especially right now yeah, this this panel of four white dudes really blazing the trail here on uh, inclusivity. Quite, quite well, yeah, we, oh, Lord. we did our part by staying the hell out of the way. Like yeah. that's <laughs> exactly. It's not our place. We're just gonna give it a platform, right? That's what we're yeah. gonna do. That's, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, and, and I mean Chase doing wonderful things for the community, and this is this is amazing. We've got, even got some uh, some rosters that have been announced. That, that we can take a look at here. Let me go ahead and pull that up. Uh, first off, we've got Cloudburst. Yeah. So, uh, Ethan, you actually... Yeah, I was scrolling through the, the OAC hashtag. You're the one that was excited about this. Uh, what? What? Why? What's, uh, what are they showing you? Know, you know what? So I look at this roster, and I just see people I recognize. You're good, fun people. Uh, spam ticks, yeah. they do a lot of memes on, on the timeline. A lot of good memes. You know, big fan. Um... And Flyaway is another person I, I've talked to and engaged with a little bit. Um, so yeah, you know, I looked at looked at the roster, saw some names I recognize. It's going to be a good team as well, and you know, I like I like some good quality Overwatch. So yeah, it's the first cool. one that really, when I looked at the OAC hashtag, I was like, yo, this is exciting. Hmm. There's a couple of names in here that I recognize: uh, Spamtix and uh, I Remy. Uh, Remy is actually yeah. from CGL. Um, and has moved, made the move over to the PC scene, and I, I they what did you even see Remy there? Yeah, yeah, yep. Remy's in there. Oh, um, good and I, I, they, they came out uh, a couple of months ago. Very proud of them to uh, recognize Heck what yeah. they truly are. And I mean, I, I've had a, dealings with this person for you know almost two years now. So uh, very proud of Remy and uh, Spamtix uh, is somebody that we see a lot on Twitter. Um, very big social media presence and to see them there as well. I'm just, I'm just over the moon for this roster. It looks so good. Uh, Scarlet as well. Uh, got a comment that I, I do actually remember seeing this team name. I couldn't find them when I was going through Twitter, but team mommies is a team that we should watch out for. Uh, <laughs> yes. let me, let me see if I can, I can quickly drag that up for you guys to talk about another team. All right. We'll go on to a lot of the lilies on stream here. Uh, yeah. a, a team that has been around, and uh, you know, we're talking about we've we've all had a chance, the, the the honor, the privilege to cast this team at some point. Lava Lilies make their return, and I mean this is this is the perfect perfect forum. Uh, so uh, always excited to watch them play. <laughs> always a fun team to watch. I am proud to see Ryu on this roster because Ryu is a German uh, German Wunderkind as far as uh, 
working the tank line uh we'll have times where they will play in the off tank role as well especially uh with azaria going out there so i mean i i tell you what uh this team looks pretty darn uh fantastic and we're seeing travis there as well as a manager uh i'm absolutely happy to see that uh so we'll see how this team yeah. goes about uh, Jeff, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you've got time to add this, but I did yeah. find uh, it was on Somnus's oh, Twitter. Oh, this is a cool roster. Yeah, do, no, it it is actually it. a very cool roster. Yeah, give it, give this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, actually, we did want to shout out very briefly is that, again, while scrolling through the um, this is hashtag OWEC, Overwatch Empowerment Cup, um, Stevens Esports uh, have actually come out and said, so Stevens Esports, a collegiate um, esports organization, uh, I believe they've been in NACE, possibly ECAC, um, but the they are the first U.S. collegiate team to offer an all-female roster, and they've stated that they are going to be watching OEC, as many OEC matches as possible and offering scholarships to people, which is like, that is a phenomenal thing to be able to say yes. that like you, you're in a position to do that. It's, yeah, really, really good stuff. And I, I've I've got nothing better to say than let's go Stevens. I mean, that's just yeah. a fantastic statement. And, and it's putting your it's putting your money where your mouth is. And mm -hmm. that's something that we really need to see on the collegiate scene, especially uh, is, is these teams willing to do this. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all I, I, for here. Those of you that are in America, we have something called Title IX. Uh, Title IX is where you have to offer um, the opposite sex the chance to participate in a sport that they cannot normally participate in on their own so let's say american football um it's not offered to women so women are actually allowed to play on men's sports teams uh the same thing is converse where there's not volleyball for men uh men are actually allowed to play on uh women's teams if it's not offered uh in the state uh, that's usually done by the state regulatory uh uh, commission. So seeing Stevens Esports do this uh, is a wonderful boon to Title IX. I could not be more pleased. This was a late minute find that uh, our wonderful Phil found while going through the OWEC. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was uh, such I, hard work, Billy. I, I, was... I slaved for hours on the <laughs> OWEC hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> trying to glow him up here and he's being a sassy to, to be fair going on twitter is like a difficult task like having to it read really tweets like, like so genuinely yeah uh one of the other rosters uh we should highlight is actually being coached in part by fluty in fact fluty from isu redbirds uh, as well as ship and moser two pretty big mainstays in the na tier two scene uh will be coaching sempiternal um, I have to say, other than Nyan Sox, who I recognize uh, from their work on Twitter, not mm -hmm. that familiar with the roster, but uh, any roster that has Fluty backing them uh, is probably a roster to watch. That's Sempiternal. Keep an eye on them as well. And yeah, hopefully we get a lot more than just the ones we've had time to read out today. Yep, and we do. I do have that Somnus roster ready to pull up as oh, let's well. Uh, let's take a look at that one. Team Mommies. Deku yeah. and SK. Uh, those yeah. are two names that I recognize right out the Barcode. right out the Barcode, gate. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. three. And uh, Arietta and actually Eli is a coach as well. Eli, a uh, EU player um, who yeah. I've known for a few years. Um, so yeah, great of them to be offering some some coaching in this. Yeah, another another really fun team. Like regardless of what else happens from the tournaments, like these are they're going to be entertaining teams to watch. Oh, uh, I'm so excited! I this. love this. This is amazing. It's gorgeous, first of all. It's cute and gorgeous. And, I mean, it absolutely <laughs> describes what roles they're going to play, actually. 
So, Jeff, this segues nicely into uh, something you'd spotted um, on the on the subject of uh, representation for women and marginalized genders in esports. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to get too deep into it, but basically, came across a, a CNN article uh, talking about a, a Valorant tournament that is uh, Game Changers. Uh, that is, I mean, is an all-inclusive tournament aimed kind of at the same directive. But for this to be covered by CNN is is huge. I mean, this is a, a very large, you know, national publication in the United States. Uh, that I mean, is is a just traditional news organization that's been around for many, many, many decades. Uh, and so it's it's not just having your your standard esports publication to cover this but the fact that these tournaments for women and marginalized groups are getting national coverage i i thought was pretty important um and i feel like esports is really leading the charge in this uh and where traditional sports still feel 20 years behind in some regards when it comes to to this topic uh i i think i mean yeah. in, in esports you know we're fighting for it and we talk about you know you get a lot of unpleasantness and then you know we get a lot of uh it, you know, you, you feel like you have to claw tooth and nail um, for for everybody to be on equal footing, and there's still a lot of work to do. Don't get me wrong, but esports is leading the charge, and and it's things like the Empowerment Cup are are moving things forward in a big way. So I just thought it was a cool note. Yeah, agreed. All right, here, here, I agree yeah. with that hardly. So let's have a look down the other news items. Uh, we do, of course, have another community tournament coming up. That's from Nata. Those of you that are unfamiliar with Nata, a pretty prominent uh, tier two coach. Um, as somebody who is currently trying to get a friend girlfriend up the curve rather quickly on Overwatch, um, the little shorts he puts out on YouTube have been particularly helpful and just generally quite a nice guy, quite a good uh, person to have in the community. So we're looking to give what support we can to Nata in the community tournament. So hopefully you'll see a little bit more on the reach week side of things. But yeah, another, another good tournament to, to get involved with i have a, a note on that tournament i've, I've been talking to Nader and and raven about this tournament um and it, it you know the, the professional interactions that they've had and the conversations i've had with them very excited very excited it's going to be good it's focused on developing players and giving a spotlight to players so that people can progress mm. throughout the scene um which i mean not not entirely <laughs> similar goals to the empowerment cup but not entirely different as well so yeah. it, we're going to see some some new faces and some players progress in the next couple of months and that's really exciting yeah, it's important to know more opportunities yeah and this is uh, it's because yeah being open to to many srs mm -hmm. you know to where you can mm -hmm. you can develop you can play other extremely talented teams that are at your level and i mean and that's that's how you get better uh, you know, play people where you you'll just feel like it's a waste of time. Like you, a diamond team trying to play a, a proper T three team, it, you're not going to really learn anything just because it's it's such a gap. But you get to yeah. play other good diamond teams that are really good, and suddenly that teamwork just starts to slowly mold and starts to progress. Uh, and that's I, I think it's awesome. I'm definitely keeping an eye out for this one. Uh, it is uh, Overwatch Tranquility are the ones producing yeah. that one. So we'll, we'll keep you updated as we learn more, get closer to, to this event uh, and you know, give it some, give it some coverage, do, do some recaps or whatever we decide to do. You know, we'll figure that out. Uh, you know, kind of just, we play it by ear. We talk about whatever the heck mm -hmm. we want to talk about. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, you know, the, 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 the game plan is it gets to Friday morning. We go, Oh God, what's happened this week? What's happened in the past two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> this week. 
Add it's it to so the runner's show. <laughs> yeah, so we, we we don't start planning on Friday morning. Like, don't don't misunderstand that. We, we're planning all week here, but no, definitely, you, there's absolutely uh, audibles thrown in. And wait, 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 we got to make sure we give this some voice. And hey, we, we should probably expand the time on this. You know, we we have to stay flexible. You know, it's things happen. News news yeah. happens. Well, uh, speak, speaking of news happening, big things go. happening big, in the past week. Great segue. Oh, yeah. Same brain cells. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the note we have here is Noble exploded, and uh, that was all pretty dramatic for those of you who were around on Twitter for the momentary disappearance of the Noble GG Twitter page, and it turns out that uh, a lot of people, particularly the social media and more creatives associated with Noble, have not been paid for a lot of work they've taken, undertaken rather, uh, and this was all kicked off by what well, we've got Ridderus's, um post up here, but it was kicked off again by Chase to bring it up twice in this episode. Um, kicked off by Chase retweeting a tweet from the Noble social media managers on the Noble social media account saying, we've not been paid and we're not working. That was gone in like 10 seconds, but Chase captured it, retweeted it, and the whole thing fell apart from there. So lots of shady goings on here from uh, from the, the head honcho at Noble. I mean, even, you know, not being paid aside, which is absolutely crap. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they were locked out from their body of work being able to put that forward to other orgs to show what they have been able to do. I think that is the bigger issue here is that they have no proof of what they've done and they had got completely locked out of it. And I believe, uh, I, I believe it was Jay, uh, uh, from Australia, big, uh, monkey bubble, uh, head producer. Tech guy. Uh, yeah. And producer, I, I believe he actually got some kind of a link that was able for them to get their, uh, get their works well, out of the, that. The, the, Noble, that right? the Noble Twitter is now, I, I believe it was just sort of taken into offline mode. Um, so hopefully that means that everyone can go and grab their work before it disappears again. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, a, a thing that was particularly telling was that uh, Noble GG, the, the main Twitter account, that disappeared. The, um, the cryptocurrency affiliated oh. account stayed oh, up the yeah. entire time. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, and what was yeah, no. what was so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> particularly appalling about all that was the fact that that's what silenced the banker. That's what put everything on hold. Was was trying to start this whole crypto thing uh, and start these crypto investments and doing that rather than paying your people. And it froze the bank accounts. And I mean, there was some other you know talk about like paying your people over paypal like that's if you've got more than a handful of employees or it's not i mean if they're actual recurring payments like there are proper uh pay sites uh payroll kind of uh sites and things you can use programs you can use that are way more official way more uh secure so i mean it was just kind of slapdash it seemingly it was real all the way around stuff. Yeah. yeah it was just weird it was just weird uh uh, I don't know if you've got the reader is tweet up yet, um, but I, w I want to kind of talk about that um, as well because this is, yep, a, this is important. I think it's important to know uh, because when it, when it comes to the these sort of sagas, it's not noble. It's not just noble, right? And I feel like a lot of people were very hypocritical on this topic. I know in tier two, tier three, Overwatch, it, this is a massive problem. A lot of players unpaid, social media staff unpaid. Casters. If you're in tier two or your tier two team plus, <laughs> if you're if you're a tier two tier tier two team plus, 
you have a consistent income, you should be paying your staff, potentially your players as well, or at least uh, have some sort of on- ongoing agreement with those players. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that, right? And uh, I feel like a lot of people who were commenting on Noble also are extremely guilty of not paying people properly yeah. and efficiently. So, yeah. Throwing stones in a glass house kind of scenario. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, well, I think that's that's about all we can say on that one. But yeah. I, I wanted to bring up uh, this next point because uh, it fell into my lap. Well, it fell into my Twitter feed. Um, O1 Esports recruiting a new head coach. Now, the reason I think this is interesting is you can define success on the path to pro um, in a number of different ways. Probably the most robust one is uh, what is your return on investment. And O1 Esports, according to Liquipedia, were the highest earning tier two team in the entirety of 2021 and and in large part because of the saudi e-leagues and because the money in the saudi e-leagues is is huge and Mm -hmm. so this actually becomes a really really good opportunity for anybody looking to make a career as a coach particularly if you are in uh the the, well they're not region locked but i assume they would prefer somebody who is at least on the same time schedule um, so yeah. yeah, I think that is a fantastic opportunity, and I believe um, Get Amazed was actually the O One Esports coach up until very recently. Um, right. I'd love to know why they've got that a good record with head coaches. A yeah. really good record of head coaches. They had IQB, and then they Get Amazed. Yeah. They both succeeded tremendously on their own one. So it seems to be a good professional environment for for head coaches to get value and be able to do their jobs as well. Yeah. You, you sometimes find a team environment where a head coach isn't able to, you know, do their job as a head coach, and that that, that definitely doesn't seem to be the case there. I'd love to get either get amazed or IQB on on the podcast. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Put yeah, put the good uh, vibes out there, friends. And get some get some good guests in here once we kind of get our feet underneath us. Yeah, uh, I think we can probably rattle through the next two fairly quickly, as some of this is fairly boilerplate stuff. Certainly, the next one. Uh, those of you that have not been living under a rock for the past few days would have seen that we do have a new experimental patch out. This one drafted by uh, Lemon Kiwi Jake. Wanted, who I believe prefers to go by Jay Lynn now, and ML7, each tackling a uh, a different group of uh, characters, maybe not necessarily characters you'd expect them to be handling in maybe one or two instances. Uh, and yet, we've actually got the experimental uh, Flash Ops tournament coming up inside the next couple of weeks. Uh, have you guys had a chance to play the experimental patch yet? I tried to, and they'd already taken it down because it is back uh, they, up now. They needed some uh, chances to tune it, but. Uh, the response that I've seen, especially on Lemon in Lemon's uh, Discord, and uh, seeing her reactions on Twitter, it was highly received. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of it may have been a little bit op, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but uh, I mean, for the most part, it was very well received. Yeah, I um, I've only managed one round so far. I I played Zarya on Blizzard World. Uh, we blasted them off a eh? no problems there, but they. They managed to get bunkered up under an archway with the healing turrets from Symmetra, and it meant that I couldn't do any damage, and they had all the healing in the world, and it just kind of stalled out there. So yeah. it's an interesting patch. I think it's a lot of fun, but there is definitely some tuning required here. Well, it's yeah. also you got to change your approach. You got to change your play yeah. style entirely with oh, almost yeah. no, all I, of the I tanks. just want to run it. I just want to run it down mid. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, Zarya can't do that anymore. I don't, I don't want to think. Half damage for all tanks. Like Zarya's yeah. Zarya's role has changed uh, yeah. in, on this experimental card, and I'm, that's I'm very curious to see this this tournament. Um, yeah. And this is or the the prize pools are fairly significant for this. Yeah. Uh, Twenty five thousand dollars in total prize pooling for NA, where it was ten thousand for the last experimental cup. So I mean. 
significant increase there. Uh, EMEA, we're looking at uh, just over $10,000 in total pricing. Let's see, $12,000 in total pricing, math and stuff. Uh, you got Korea has $67,000 in total pricing. I mean, it's yeah, not bad. Not it's bad a at all. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a long, the... dry off season, it's pretty good. Oh, and I, I was know... a little bit disappointed, though, with it. Because, uh, I mean, like it looks fun. It's going to be a fun tournament. I don't know it's experimental, but I would have liked to see, you know, some changes that might have a chance of getting into the game, right? And, you know, I kind of s- more relevant to where we are now. But I actually think this is also a pr- pretty good idea, you know, just try something completely different. I mean, you know, like the sleep dart icon. Sleep in the kill feed will stay. Sleep in the kill feed and the sleep dart icon. Like that shows up for your teammates so that they can see an enemy has been slept from like around a corner or something. I think that's also a, a really cool change that could stay. Uh, but it'll be still be minor stuff like that, and uh, you make valid points. It, it is we're probably getting about due for a patch like this that is a little bit more serious. Though that's hard to with. With the the beta just on the horizon, you know, there's murmurs of the beta going all over the place. Uh, yeah, the one thing that's not in our list of news. Yeah, well, it's still <laughs> it's still murmurs, right? It's not really news yeah, it's, yet. It's there's rumors yeah. going around about the beta. Like, yeah, like that's that's the extent of the news on that. <laughs> um, but with that said, I think having a an experimental patch this close to that would be would be very difficult to implement. So logistically, I don't know if it'd work, but I think this is this is a fun thing. Um, looking forward to it. I mean, Monkey Bubble once again handling this and friends of the pod. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And they'll. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have uh, some good stuff going on. And I'm looking forward to this cup for sure. Yep, 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 yep. yep. And then our final news piece for the week is San Francisco announcing an official partnership with O2 Blast. Ocean, I'm going to defer to you. You're our, you're our APAC expert here. Yep. What's the reasoning this, this behind this, and what does this mean for Tier 2? I mean, this is so important. It's another academy team, right? You know, I think we, we miss those. I think it's yeah. going to hopefully attract more North American viewers towards con- Contender Korea as well. I think that, that's going to be uh, exciting. But, I mean, one thing that instantly sticks out to me is how much talent O2 Blast has had in the past couple of years and how much talent they have right now. They've got O2 Boss as their current head coach. They've got Hisang, who I was pointing out last time. So, they, you know, they've potentially got a star Samba player next year, maybe maybe two years down the line, you know. You're setting yourself up for a long period of time if you have O2 Blast as your academy team. I think it's a very good deal for them. They've already picked up three players from... O2 Blast as well, so they already have a good relationship, so why not Why not make it a bigger partnership? I don't see which any is, negatives to this whatsoever. Which, if you're curious on, go last, go watch last week's episodes, and we're talking about all the rookies. We'll, you'll, yeah. we'll talk about those players that, that did go to <laughs> San Francisco Shock. Alright, sorry, sh- shameless self-plug. I, had one more note I thought it was a good opportunity. I love I'm, it. I'm trying to get better at this thing, you know. Yeah. All right, I, all right. I, I have one more note as well on this. I mean, if you're, I mean, Shock have won the league twice in four seasons, you know, People thought, you know, they potentially could go for a free peep in the, in the previous season. Of course, it's stopped by Shanghai. This is a good response. Yeah. For people, you know, if you're if you're looking to start Dynasty in this league, this is a good start. This is a good start. I mean, and this is actually, it's, it's, it's a good point, because if you look back to the first and second years of Shock, 
uh, when they picked up Super as a relatively new prospect, uh, and they picked up uh, a certain forty-one and DPS player as a as a young prospect looking to age into the league, like that's both of which were, were underage at, at the time. Yeah, exactly. Like they're picking up a. They they can't win for us now, but let's give them some time, some resources, get them up the curve, and yeah, we get a winning team. And, and they did that. And then I think they maybe rested on the laurels a little bit. They looked to pick up established talent moving into last season, and it just wasn't quite there for them. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. This this could be a really really big step up for them. Uh, I, I think, think that they're, them they're gonna be scary yeah. this year. I think they're gonna be very scary this year. I, I think that this is also going to lend itself to. What we saw as far as a lot of NA pickups this mm -hmm. year coming from the contender scene, I think that this puts a bigger microscope and a bigger lens on the APAC uh, region, Korea mm -hmm. in particular. Man, this could only be good as far as kind of shoring up the path of pro system. Yeah. You know, you've got an owl team going down to Korea saying, hey, we're going to make this pipeline for these players now. Will we see the same thing in America? I'm hoping, and I agree with what uh, Joker actually says in our chat here, um, leading to more academy teams. I think that that is something that is sorely missed. I think it gives you that pipeline. I think it gives you that training ground. I mean, you do it in all the other major conventional sports. You have training leagues or you have, you know, minor leagues, as it were. This is or a collegiate. For, or collegiate. I mean, collegiate, I'm considering part of the minor esports uh, ecosystem now because we're seeing them come from the collegiate team, ISU, uh, notwithstanding. Uh, we're seeing people being really groomed in the art of Overwatch for our beloved game and being able to get into these things. So I think that this is a perfect response, not only for I've just the shock them. in general, but also as far as them moving forward and, and getting this, this pipeline started. I think that's really where we need to go. We'll yeah, touch on this good. a little bit later. We're gonna we actually, we on actually this a missed later. something. We actually oh. missed something in our news. I've just noticed that we're T one announced their roster for the year, and we oh. just completely just don't have it in our list at all. <laughs> and the reason Look, we I'm rely on you for this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, the reason I'm resident this, here or not resident. Oh, I'm but sorry, I forgot to mention it. I'm like, <laughs> no, look, I, actually, I did. I messaged it on our, on our group chat. But anyways, to uh, the Zendia support line from. Last season is on the T1 roster this year. So oh, for me. oh gotcha. there's a there link. There it is. There it is. She Okay, yeah. I mean, what's their Twitter? Yeah. I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, it should be it's, at T1 Esports. Uh, no, it's 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 at T capital T number one. Oh, yeah, they, got, they got a they got a real good handle. That is uh, just posh. It, it's it's a really good roster. Capital T number one. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ocean, oh, what do you before we he gets it up here? Um, I mean, obviously you're just blooming with pride that members of Incendia got picked up by a very good Oregon T1. What do you think their chances are of maybe flipping the scene uh, in Korea, going into the next level of uh, or the next iteration of Contenders Korea? I think I think I think they're a good team. I think you know, Nice is a good player. Classen's a good player. Like it's a good roster. And Frong and Peach, of course, are two incendiary players who who are essentially the support line of T One. They've got good synergy. Uh, I think that we probably could have placed top six last season. I think we were unfortunate against WGS. And you're picking up potentially a top six support line. Nice is already potentially one of the better players in the entire career. You're going to be. I think T One versus O Two Blast versus Talon versus. Team CC. Those are the four teams that I'm really watching. Uh, but I think T1 are definitely cemented as a top four team with yeah. that roster. Fantastic. 
Love it. Love it. Go. Last minute addition. See, we, we, we yeah. got to stay flexible, friends. We got to stay flexible. I can't believe I didn't like clock on to that until right now. We're talking about contenders. You've got players. access to Yo. the show. Like, go plug yeah, it no, in. I forgot, go plug man. it in the news. <laughs> this is, we're, sorry, we're sorry. community. Well, by community, I mean the four of us. Like it's, <laughs> it's not just one person writing the run of show. Please go put stuff in there. No, it's all right. We got it in there. We just it works. It works. So we can actually have a, have a look at getting into some of our uh, pre-planned topics rather than just news now. So um, I think the big one is the Berry Blast Community Tournament that happened uh, last weekend and the weekend before. We went into that uh, well two weeks ago. Just in fact, the day before that was due to kick off. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be involved for a, a couple of days of that, in fact, half the broadcast. And um, yeah, a, a lot of uh, upsets, I think, that things happening people weren't maybe expecting. Uh, there may be some fairly straightforward explanations for that. Um, but overall, a, a very enjoyable weekend and a good little like uh, window into what we can expect from some of these tier two, like established tier two rosters coming into next season. Absolutely. And uh, just in case you didn't know the format, the first weekend uh, was kind of tier three teams uh, planned to see who was going to move on. And top four teams moved on into weekend number two, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, although uh, Best Buds weren't able to make it. And so uh, Bearclaw Esports were given the uh, oh. that fourth space, which turned out real good for them. Oh, they were given that four space. I, I think oh. I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, I think they got third. Part of that? According to the info I had, um, Bearclaw got third in the first weekend. Uh, then I is might it... be getting my teams. But it still up. has Best Buds listed as fourth, so I don't know. This is uh, uh, Twitlonger coming out uh, from from Jang. Uh, just kind of thanking yeah. everybody, but kind of listed the teams at the bottom here. But yeah, well, there's there's a reasonable chance I, I I got which team was brought in to replace Best Buds in week two. There you go. Um, regardless, it was still a very very good weekend uh, for Bearclaw Esports last weekend because they came away third in a tournament that had Redbird and Solaris and Maryville University and like a lot of uh, Wisp, like lots of really big team names and Bearclaw Gaming, a fairly solid tier three team uh and to come away from that beating isu redbirds uh that's pretty phenomenal stuff that is quite phenomenal yeah uh, i think I, I i i enjoyed watching them they were really really fun to watch so i don't want this to come across as like a criticism of the team but i think they were helped along quite a bit by the format of the tournament so the um lower bracket up until i believe uh, losers might might even have been losers. It, it finals, included I'm losers sure. finals. Yeah, the losers entire finals. lower bracket. Yeah, best of one. So one round of control, and, and that was it. And Bearclaw looked really, really good. Really well practiced. Uh, some unusual compositions. That uh, Symmetra Doomfist Rush was was very good. Very fun to watch. Very practiced. And yeah, they made that all the way up to third place. Uh, second well, place, second place, even second place. Massive yeah. love to uh, Astro Next, uh, former uh, CGL. Oh, I love Astro. Oh. Astro's awesome. A really Astro nice Next, my Canadian brother from another mother, uh, had tried to teach me how to play tank many, many moons ago, and <laughs> really, didn't take it. it not really. Uh, I we'll get into that later, but still, uh, Astronex has made the swap over to PC realm and has absolutely had a fun time. And seeing him with Bun and Zira, 
Hello, two of my favorite players in the tier oh, three. Oh, Bun's awesome as well. Bun and like Zero are, I mean, Zero's Tracer. Uh, if they get just a little bit less uh, uh, dive happy and not having the ability to get back out of a position uh, that they can't get them extra skate themselves out of, um, will be uh, serious tier two talent very soon. I think yeah. Zero and Bun are both yeah. uh, 16 respectively. So, whoo boy. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, honestly, uh, just just to add to that, watching Bun play uh, Sombra amongst a bunch of other things, uh, so a, a really really good showing, a very strong showing against again very well respected established tier two contenders trials players. Like looking forward to seeing how much further they can get with that. I, mean, I can so remember names Clear, Zero and Bun from Gorilla Grip Gaming, the GGG. Mm, yeah, yeah, yep, and uh, yeah. Heck yeah! Right from the uh, from the uh, tournament of champions uh, back in the day uh, on on a uh, Elo Hell. I mean, that's where I got my first look at them, and I was very impressed with them back then. So, man, I mean, people that we've been casting now for what two years, uh, starting to make the moves, starting to get their act together, starting to find the the cohesion in their teams. I think the Bear Claw Gaming uh, they had infected as their main tank at one point. Astrodex, uh, I, I know, plays ball a lot now, it's but their yeah. Reinhardt is absolutely disgusting. I have to throw that out there just because I love <laughs> playing Reinhardt, and he's actually really good at it, and he taught me how to do a 180 flip shatter oh. block. There nice. you go. <laughs> yeah. You bait him by turning around, and flip around, put your shoulder on roster. Because Bun, I remember, yeah, No Evil was the was the team they played yeah, on yeah. the trials on. Yeah, uh, which was really cool. Um, Astronax is is probably my favorite console player other than Doomed, uh, but of course Doomed's also made it up here, so yeah. I'm yep. excited. He's not always been either, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, but also on the on those list that we have currently on the screen, uh, G4 Strider, really good racking ball player, yep. that is a player that excites me as well. It just yes. instantly caught my eye, and I wanted to comment on Strider. Yeah, one of our friends, uh, Airborne, uh, that was his team, and uh, Strider was a fantastic wrecking ball. Um, also has involvement with dice, but uh... yep. Yeah, I suppose cool. it's slightly remiss of us to to spend so much time on Bearclaw Gaming, as, as good as it was to see them play. Uh, of course, it was Solaris that took the whole thing. And uh, we were sort of having a bit of a chat about this because I, again, recognize the name Solaris. I, I know some of the people mm -hmm. involved with Solaris relatively well, but I was not expecting them to make quite the level of showing that they made here today. And, and again, especially in a bracket that had Redbird ISU in it. Like, uh, Redbird really is diminished. I, we have to admit that Redbird, I mean, well, they, they, they lost what? Two thirds of their roster to Owl, so I mean, I mean there's yeah, the, there's going to be a rebuilding Luke Mino's phase. With him anymore. Yeah, Luke Mino went over to Maryville, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah that's um, right. Uh, got a picture with Luke Mino up in Normal, <laughs> Illinois, when I had my trip up there. Um, Luke Mino was one of, the, I mean, other than Hydron, uh, Hydron was very engaging. Uh, now with the Florida Mayhem, but Luke Mino um, really took the time to explain why he is why he is uh, as far as a support player. Um, I, I would expect to see Luke Mino uh, really progress into Owl probably in the next iteration of the Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, ISU is is diminished right now, um, and they're trying to get their synergy it's together. They have it's still a good roster. They don't have a bad roster. roster, though. They, I mean, Iron Gig, hello, Echo, Liar. Liar That's is the, Paul, by the way. Yeah, just um, a note. Liar is the one um, that is is kind of the uh, because you yeah. can have kind of um, uh, very vacillating performances out of that player. But when Liar's on, Liar is one of the 
best supports. Uh, it just depends on how much they're engaged in the game. That is a, a very true statement, and I'm going to stand by it. I, I think no, Red I Runner's still going to be scary. Like that's. Yeah. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Uh, I think I think something to talk about is there's two other collegiate teams that could be better than them, right? Mm-hmm. Maryville and Northwood, uh-huh. right? So we got we got um, Kaluj and uh, Iced in particular on Maryville's roster that really excite yeah. me, and then Luke Northwood Mino. is landing and any team. Oh, again, yeah, no, I look Mino, yeah, Mino. That's a good very point. But on uh, Northwood, I'm a big Landon fan. I've always been a big Landon fan. Um, I think that Mikey's a better main tank than Cameron, though. The Scottish main tank. I think that I think Mikey's, Mikey's actually a little bit better. better. I think Mikey's a little bit better. I think he's he's less prone to super aggro uh, and, and will stay with the team and actually do the things that the main tank needs to do, take space when they need to. But well, and uh, I, mean, I love Cam- I love Cameron. I, I love him as a person, but I think that Mikey just slightly edges him out. Well, we'll see how they choose to use the, you know, they have, with two main tanks and for who knows how long we're going to be on Overwatch right. 1 before things start crossing over and with all that going on. Um, but there is some built-in synergy here. For however long we have two tanks left, you'll notice that Mikey and Kaluj have been together on Bobby Wasabi, on Dark Mode, and on our door yep. all together. So, I mean, you already have that built-in synergy, oh, which I'm just going to miss so dearly. Oh, my goodness. Um <laughs> uh and so there's we'll see i'm, I'm looking forward to the squad maryville it's uh they're gonna be strong from what i i have heard and there was some bias in what i heard but redbird and maryville are are basically the two top uh, of the hill right now as far as collegiate goes um Good. that northwoods changes has kind of diminished their roster a little bit as well we did not see northwood uh in this particular tournament uh, and Maryville surprisingly didn't make it very far. Now, one thing, a little asterisk for this whole thing is a Maryville lot. Maryville of... went out to Death Computer. Yes, yeah. but uh, that's that's okay. Good point. Hey, Death Computer has been around. Like I could see them placing top two in OD and, and making it to trials. You know, they have a good yep. run. Like they really get their shit together. They could have a good run through OD. Death Computer has yeah. has been doing it for a bit. Um, but you, the asterisk part was you don't know how seriously some of these teams are playing uh, in yeah, these yeah. community events. They're, they're not going as sweaty as you might for OD or for trials or for something that has right. a little bit more gravity behind it. Uh, you know, we saw some of the teams kind of messing around a little bit. We saw the teams having some fun. We saw, and it may have been a little trolling. It may have been, you know, some, some dances going on at, at times. Like there was, there was definitely some fun had by all. So I don't know how much weight, especially again with a, a, best of one format going through losers bracket. I don't know how much weight I would put on, you know, Redbird getting third and Maryville getting beat by death computer, but it is, it's still worth noting. And I think it says more about death computer than it says less about Maryville. Uh, if that, if that came out right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but this really leads into, you know, our, our first main topic of the day. Uh, it's our first look at tier two, 2022. Uh, the collegiate team is definitely going to be a part of our, at least here in North America, it's going to be part of our landscape as far as what we are going to expect from these tier two teams. Solaris coming out though. Uh, I'm definitely impressed. I'm with excited. What them. I'm excited. Um, I think that there's going to be a definite um, homogenization between, bless you, between the collegiate scene and the Thank traditional uh, contender scene. I think this is the year where everything kind of starts to mix together and starts getting together in a nice little braise and, uh, you know, starts stewing together and gets all the flavors mellowed together. That's what I'm really looking for. 
Um, so I, I, I'm so excited to see what is yeah, going to become I, I, of Tier yeah. 2. And this is going to be mean, the best year. I see Redbird were, regardless of your opinion of sort of how they came by their success, um, a real shot in the arm for the collegiate scene because it was such an apparent um, sort of Cinderella story of collegiate to Tier 2 to losing most of the roster to Overwatch League. Yeah. And so all eyes currently on collegiate. And I, I know that as we were sort of getting warmed up and getting started here, um, uh, Ethan, you're, you're maybe a little less keen on collegiate than some of the rest of us in this in this call well, today. Yeah. Let me interject um, for just a moment. Are we are we moving on? Are you, there's nothing else to say. I'm oh, I, mean, I, I need to talk about Solaris I because well, this is this is a whole can Solaris. of worms that so, we can get into. So yeah, no, I, 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 I want to talk about Solaris though before we move right. on. If all, all right, fine. yeah, yeah. Let's touch I, let's touch on the team that actually Lana. won Barry Blast real quick, and then we'll. Then we'll delve into this topic because there is a lot to unpack in the collegiate T2 scene and what lies ahead of us and where it could go. So I want to make sure we have plenty of room to talk about that. And we'll, we'll move on to that as a, an entirely new topic in just a moment, but yes, ocean by all means, Solaris, what made him so good this weekend? I mean, not not I want to talk about Solaris, not just from this weekend. I think Solaris are going to be the team to beat in NA this uh, time around. You know, I think this year they're going to be, awesome last year you may remember they, they had a, a wobbly start when you know they started off as ardor they bought a trial spot uh didn't do very well in trials and bought a contender spot didn't do very well in contenders right N not great for them to start but then they fixed a lot of their mistakes over the year and they became a very good solidified team they rebounded solaris they've got a really good media team they fixed all their mistakes they look great going into next year and I think this is a good start for them. They have a really good Halo project. All of their projects are going well right now. Or they had a really good Halo project. I'm not sure if it's still with them. But everything is going well for them. They also, I believe, um, are making some good good moves in APAC or attempting to. I mean, I I'm excited for Solaris as an org, as a team. I think they're the team to beat in NA this year. Yeah. Can, can we have a quick talk about the... Uh, Jeff, I don't know if you've actually got this uh, to, to bring up on screen, but the actual roster... Oh, you do. I, I was not looking at our little preview here. So yeah, the roster for Solaris. Always happy to see Icy back in the mix. Like yes, uh, the 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 Icy decod era of NA tier two uh, feels like a very long time ago, and it feels like a uh, entirely different world, entirely different game. Uh, great to see that Icy is still in a position to come in and you know put in a, a carry level performance in a tournament like this. Can we uh, talk about the rack attack? The Rack family. I like that support the, the line so much. <laughs> I love that support line. Yeah. Lantern and Rack attack. Heck yeah. 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 Yep. I, I, we we, we can't talk about it. Like, go yeah, go, go. Billy, I was waiting for you. Like, to... <laughs> I, 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 was, I was trying to let somebody else go there. But I mean, Rack, uh, Rack uh, especially with the family connection that is always in chat. Um, I, I think they actually feed off that. Any team that Rack attack is on, uh, I think that the team gets the love from mom. Uh, and uh, from mom Kim and uh, looking at, you know, uh, sister Nikki. Uh, Nikki is always in the chat giving the love and getting the rack attack going on. So I, I think that rack attack and Landon, Landon was kind of underrated, but has really come into their own. So I think that these two together, uh, they probably will have the ability to not only, you know, keep the team alive during important fights because we've seen multiple times uh, rack attack. Uh, especially save a team from getting absolutely decimated with an ultimate or a providential, you know, use of a, of an immortality barrier. But I think that Landon has that bloodthirsty streak in him. Rack definitely has that yeah. bloodthirsty streak in yep. him. 
I think if they go in tandem, uh, this might be a support line that could actually decimate and own the entirety of contenders and a if they play uh within their realm and know when they can do the things that they are absolutely capable of doing um you will be looking uh at, at potentially uh a changing of the guard i am looking at slept on uh, also previously known as dice gaming our friend uh airborne previously known as udg uh moser is down there yep. moser is one of my favorite <laughs> supports here in a and a as well so I think this season right now, uh, if we're looking at just support lines going across the realm, um, I think Solaris has the best one. Lukmino, not uh, notwithstanding, man, Rack Attack and Landon together, that could be the line that, that, that rules them all. One line to rule them all. Uh, and yeah, you don't get to go to Mordor. It's a good team. Well, I, I would... I just wanted to highlight Rhino because Rhino's been playing since he was 13 in yeah, T2. Man. Like at yeah. that high level is now 15 to think that Only this kid. Only three more years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To think <laughs> that this kid won't even be eligible for Owl for three years is nuts. Um, and the, the, watching the growth uh, from Rhino has been phenomenal and was clearly having fun in this tourney. We just saw some just wild Narnia pins and trying to hide in funny places and do, do some <laughs> cheesy stuff. But I mean, that's again, that's the community tournament. They're having a little fun with it, uh, but uh, seriously strong. Uh, King and Dove is the other one. That DPS line is nasty. Um, I, I, I became a fan of Dove and Dynasty when they, you know, they played together a lot. They went to Uprising Academy at the end of 2020 when Uprising Academy was still kind of f finding their footing a little bit. And we're we're pretty hard stuck in trials. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, and then Dove and Dynasty joined the group and propelled them up to... They had a great performance at 2020 Gauntlet, and Dove and Dynasty were a big part of that. You will see Dynasty down here on Slipdown's roster also plays for Northwood University, as a matter of fact, as well. Um, but Dove, Dove was, was just... Was pretty nasty this tournament. Uh, King as well. I forgot how good King was. And yeah. maybe just had a, a spectacular weekend, you know, was just in the zone for this weekend. But King's Tracer and Doom were filthy. Were, were absolutely filthy. Uh, so it's all around Solaris. So far, that's like our, our number one team, I think, to keep an eye on going into the 2022 T2 season. Uh, and kind of the team to beat right now, which if you asked me six months ago who was going to be the, the, the front runner going into 2022, Solaris would not have been the first name on my tongue. I can tell you that right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> uh, I want to throw out Pedal just real quick, too. Pedal is one of my favorite engagements uh, as far as a social discourse. Plays on UTV. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I got to tell you what. Uh, Pedal is somebody to look out for as well. Uh, has 9,000 IQ as far as a tier two, tier two and a half player. Uh, I think a little bit more groom uh, and a little bit more polish on the DPS role. And I think that they have a definite possibility of turning this league on its head uh, with the hero pool that Pedal has. I, I just, I have to throw it out there. The, the hero pool that Pedal has uh, is vast and very well versed on all of them. I think if you maybe knock out one or two of them and just really focus in on what you got, uh, I think he becomes a fantastic uh, carry for Slept On. Mm. Well, if we've got nothing else to add about Berry Blast Tournament, then that felt fairly comprehensive. Let's uh, move on to the next item in our run of show. For the last item in the run of show, I'll first look at Tier 2 2022, which is a nice introduction there from Berry Blast, and then a bit of a deeper look at Collegiate. So uh, who wants to who wants to kick this one off? Uh, I'll kick this off. 
uh, because we are starting to see a lot more crossover. We're talking about Solaris and Slepton's roster just now. You're, you're looking at players from both of those teams who are playing for Northwood University. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, and they're playing on you know some of these you know, quote unquote T2 teams alongside playing on collegiate teams as well. Uh, Northwood has traditionally been very dominant. Uh, they got uh, first at the the Overwatch Homecoming. Uh, they got second at the Overwatch uh, Collegiate Cup. Uh, super strong team. There have been some changes, um, but it's the, the strength of Northwood is not really my point. My point is how Collegiate is starting to creep into our scene, and that this is uh, this is nothing but greatness for the yeah. path to pro. And I think the lines are really starting to blur between these two and. Yes, ISU uh, Redbird Esports certainly had you know some lightning in a bottle with mm-hmm. picking up the players that they did, four of which moving on to Overwatch League uh, and, and really making a big splash in that regard. But I think that's the, just the beginning. I think it's the start of something beautiful. Yeah. And there's a reason these players, these players from what was already the, the top team in T2 North America, American Tornado, there's a reason these players went to a college uh, yeah. to, to continue their careers. And, and, and it worked out for them. It paid off for them uh, in, the, in the best way possible for, for four of them. But the, the others are still getting scholarships. They're still getting education. There's still room for growth beyond the esports scene or even in different areas of the esports scene, depending on what they want to major in. I think the collegiate stepping up more and more will expand the life of players all around. We're starting yeah. to see older players get picked up. We'll create careers beyond esports. This is a this is a beautiful thing, and it's something I really would like to delve in a little bit more. And uh, I'll I'll pass off the the talkie stick while I change our topic down at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder. I did wonder if that had been caught. Yeah, good good on you. Um, one of the things I do want to talk about with regards to the collegiate scene is the wealth of opportunities that you have to play. Because I thought to myself, oh, it would be fun if we could keep track of who's playing what, who's doing well in which particular uh, tournaments, and. I am aware of four, each with its own different bookkeeping system for how it wants to record wins and losses. <laughs> but I'm trying to consolidate into one tool. Um, so yeah, I, I think let's let's have a look. So we've got uh, Nace Star League, ECAC, EGF, NECC. Those are the ones that I've got. I'm confident I've missed at least one. Um, and if you look at the number of teams. Uh, particularly like the the different rosters from within each university playing across different tournaments. Uh, We have 213 collegiate sides currently playing in NA. Like, that is a ridiculous amount. UGC Unified are also running collegiate events. I was half asleep when uh, you asked for those names. You're out of Rocket League one. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Give me a list of all the collegiate names that you know. Yeah, here's this Rocket League one. Okay, technically correct. <laughs> technically correct. Not what I no, was after, though. I mean, but I mean, we can continue to build upon this. But I think yeah. the collegiate scene. Uh, here's something that I was while I was driving home from driving my husband to work tonight. I just thought about this. It's like you know, right now I think it's quantity over quality. I think Ooh, some of the brave um, for someone that's casting few of these. <laughs> But I, you I know, don't care. I agree with him. I, I so don't I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm don't jumping I'm on this be... bus with you, Billy. So let's right. go. I, I, yeah, let's go. Um, I think that we need to have more quality 
and the representation of the collegiate scene rather than the quantity of everybody, you know, going out there and getting whatever colleges they can get. Um, while I don't disparage the fact that, you know, maybe certain organizations or production houses cannot get the big names that, you know, you're looking at, you know, NACE, ECAC, um, EGF, I, I still think that you have to have some kind of quality barrier there. And, you know, you're not seeing the same kind of results uh, from, let's say, the top three of the collegiate people that are putting out these productions. So I think that we need to slow down a little bit because everybody's like, oh, collegiate, holy shit, we got to get on this bandwagon. And then the production fails or the representation or and the promotion of these leagues fails. But that's so where that's, I think- to counter the point, I'm sorry, I, I didn't, I, I cut you off. I apologize. That was very rude of me. Uh, um, go ahead. I, I was I just going to say to counter that point is I think we need a unifying front. I think we need uh, more of a home for these teams, particularly the top tier ones that would include good production. That would include a steady schedule. Uh, I actually had a big conversation with Coach Flutie from Redbird Esports this morning about this whole topic. Uh, and there was she had some amazing suggestions and was very passionate about this subject. Uh, and one of those suggestions was aligning your contender season with the school seasons with the school semesters like there's are these teams have not played there haven't been an open division since school started back in september like these teams have had not had a chance to get involved in this the only reason redbird got in is because they had the team put together before the season started before the semester began but if you start aligning contenders and path to pro those i mean the, the official contender season from september to may then A, you're going to get a lot more school interaction and and a lot more change with that. And also, you're going to be running contenders during the off-season of OWL. This means during this drought, this is when we're getting all the contenders play. This is when we're getting a bunch of content coming out of the five regions. I mean, maybe even just the one region. Let's say it's just NA. Uh, and I've one of the things I wanted to kind of throw out here and discuss in a little bit is perhaps separating NA from EU. Like, do we need to have them happening on the same exact days every time? Like, is that... Anyway, just a food for thought that we can dive into as much or as little as y'all want to in a bit. But... So well, I, 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 go ahead. No, 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 please. I, say, I, I think on that specific point, I think one of the reasons historically that we've always had, at the very least, uh, NA and EMEA on the same day uh, is because of the way that the two sort of prime viewing hours overlap and the fact that you can make a certain amount of effort saving by having one broadcast, one production house that just does a block of programming, even with that you know, casters cycling in and out, observers cycling in and out. Um, so it's, I think it's just the path of least resistance to have them on the same day. I don't think there's a real need to have them on the same day. It just may continue to be easier to do it that way. Well, and my question is, does that make for the best product? Like, I mean, would it be better for your casters? I mean, knowing knowing what we do to prep for for matches, for productions, for broadcasts, would it be yeah, better? nothing. If you just focused on NA for a week and then focus on EU for a week, and that's that is your focus, you can still run them in the same time slots, but and you still have the same amount of gigs for your casters, so the casters aren't losing any screen time and still get the gigs that they need to to put food on the table. But you and and again, now this this also comes into the point of where EU doesn't have the same kind of collegiate scene as NA. So I mean, there there may be some 
it would take uh, some working out. I but... would like to interject in a second. Um, I, I, I just don't think that you can align. I mean, you can, you can maybe like, you know, general month to month align with how the school system is in, in over in the U.S. But we have, we have the Oceanic region. We yeah. have China. We have Korea. We have Europe. There's four other regions to think about here. In my personal opinion, if you're going to align the line and try and move broadcast dates, I think it, it sounds not almost selfish, but it, it doesn't sound it's like you're incorporating the four other. It's very anti-centric, yeah. Which I think is is a trap that we, it's easy for us to fall into because we are 50% NA uh, natives and 25% someone that happens to live in the right time zone to be on top of NA broadcaster. So that's the thing that we, I think, as a as a as a show, need to be a little bit careful not to let our bias a show. But unfortunately, right now, there's there's nothing else happening. Like the only thing going on in the tier two scene right now, aside from the community tournaments, is collegiate. And so yeah, yeah, we're we're a little bit stuck at the minute talking about and focusing on, and then naturally having all of our points drift towards like, oh, wouldn't this be great for the one thing that's currently happening that we can talk about? Uh, I think once everything starts back up again, once we have an idea of what Path to Pro looks like in 2022, we get a better idea of what the best way to run this is. And for now, all we can do is, you know, finger in the air, speculate, really. Uh, I think it's right. inter interesting speculation, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh, I think there's a lot of benefits to, to what was proposed in this conversation. And again, this is suggestions that were coming from a coach that's, you know, mm -hmm. from one of these collegiate scenes. So, and I, I wanted to give that voice uh, a place to be heard and, and get that suggestion out there because I think it is, I think shakeups are required. I mean, T2 is, has been dying a slow death. And if we think just introducing Overwatch 2 is suddenly going to bring back Academy teams and save it, I, I, I don't think that's the answer. So maybe drastic changes are what is called for to make this happen. Um, and that's, I mean, there was there was talks in that conversation that the Academy team model was always doomed to fail, was always a dumb idea, was always going to be an absolute money drain on the teams involved. Colleges have funding. Colleges give out scholarships. Scholarships can give education and degrees and, and provide something extremely substantial for these these esports professionals that are that are looking to take their careers further and i think it's it's a topic worth really exploring and really delving into uh, and there's other there's other problems that are kind of in a centric such as i mean apparently the the cost of players is something that i just learned today the cost of players is drastically different in na than what you see cheaper. coming out of korea drastically cheaper and that's because players aren't contracted for the most part as as far as i'm as far as i'm aware like some some of them will maybe you say drastically cheaper i feel from what i understand it's more it's like spikes like reiner i don't think was cheap uv wasn't cheap but everybody oh yeah no no what, you know what, what i mean like the players that are desirable are really expensive and then there's, there's everybody else Massive gap. yeah but it's all consistent in korea because everyone's contracted everyone takes esports seriously i oh it's a cultural difference, once again. I mean, yeah, we're talking a cultural NA. thing. I also think that Korea and China versus NA, they pay their, they pay players their well, uh, yeah. players. They 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 make sure that they can subside upon what think, they're doing um, as far as pushing I towards an esports career. So that's but a big thing that needs to change here. I mean, you want to talk about shakeups? I think that the collegiate players need to be paid by the path to path the pro system scholarships. A lot of them are. scholarships. Yeah, good, I, I think, but I still think they need some kind of a stipend. I mean, I, why not give them a stipend? Oh, you, you start if crossing. You're gonna, if you're, 
You start no, crossing no, a dangerous gonna, territory there. No, no. If you're going to do it for football players, which is going to happen next year, BT they're paying. Does. They're actually going to pay collegiate. They're going NFL to give. Or, yeah. They're going yeah. to give uh, wow. FCS teams it's a stipend. Use, they're also going to be able to use their likenesses for, like, say, EA Sports and a uh, NCAA football 2022 or 23. They're also going to do it for baseball. They're also going to do it for basketball. So all these players are going to start getting dividends upon their likenesses and being able to sell their merch. So that is a big change that is coming here in America. That's where I want to look in because if that's going to happen, then absolutely give these collegiate esports players some kind of a monthly stipend to compensate for their time, compensate for them pulling in the ratings for the production houses because production houses cannot do shit without the players on the screen and their personalities and their social media presence. You cannot subsist without the players on the screen. They need to have the same amount of money. I mean, that's a that's a long time yeah. controversial topic. I, mean, in the I, I, I have two notes on this. Um, for example, I, I mean, I was obviously involved in APAC last season. We, we paid our players at Eden Rio. All of our snap right. but we had a consistent income, right? We paid our players, I believe, the least amount that we paid out each player 250 um, GBP per, per month. Mm-hmm. Um, that we were in contenders uh, or the contender season lasted. So sorry, we didn't, we right. were always the only there for the first month, but we paid them the next two months as well. And we also gave consistent payments before the season started while we were going for trials, while we were going through um, tier three in, in Korea as well. So that doesn't happen in NA. And no. the reason it doesn't happen in NA is I, I think, I think cultural thing is, is the best way to put it. I don't think uh, esports is taken as seriously in, in, in North America I mean, you saw, for example, the, the, the last OD final we had, we had a team just not show up because they didn't want to play Redbirds. Like, that would never happen in Korea. But see, to me, the answer to a lot of these problems is college. College have money. They are, are yeah. seriously funded institutions that give money that get money from the government and that have have the money to to spend on these teams and and potentially pay players. Like, and I think that's that's a whole other controversial topic. But at least to have to offer scholarships in. Uh, to do things of that nature. I mean, there's that's that's been a long time conversation as far as for traditional sports of does it uh, affect the purity of it all and this kind of thing when you start paying college kids. Um, but there's also the argument that a lot of colleges make. I mean, just buku millions and millions of dollars uh, off of the faces of their students, particularly in the yeah. football scene. But I think I think collegiate is an answer to a lot of this. They're going to take it seriously. ISU took it seriously. I mean, and that's Northwood takes it very seriously. Maryville takes it very seriously. One thing that I wanted to, it's a slight tangent here, so I, I apologize this because it, it marries up with some of what I'm seeing in chat here. Um, is that the thing that is incredibly subtle here and is very difficult to communicate to people who don't have a foot in a lot of different regions of play is just how big the cultural difference behind esports is between Korea, NA, Europe, China. So for a long time now, for you know upwards of a decade, um, professional esports player, professional esports broadcaster has been a legitimate and respected path in Korea. Um, it's a thing that the government recognizes as an important part of its its economy. It's a big contributor. And so um, there are more resources available. There are culturally more places you can go to play on a pc if you don't have a pc you know P- pc band culture is a thing in korea um it's not really a thing we we do have pc cafes in in eu we do have them in na um but i i grew up, okay i'm old so i grew up without like a family computer i didn't have a gaming pc 
uh, up until about six years ago because it, it was just you know who who has room for that one if i had the time and the opportunity to go to a pc bank and you know get get more inured in this sort of thing who knows how much further along in my pro gamer career i would have been or whatever it was that i chose to do in that particular avenue right and then in na like the model for all of this is as we've been sort of harking on here is what is what is happening in the meat sports space and trying to replicate that and i think there are some good things that happen in the meat sports space and i think there's some very very bad things that happen in the meat sports space and we have adopted about 50% of each in Overwatch, some of which we need to do more of, some of which we need to do substantially less of. So for those of you that are like in the in the chat or just generally saying, oh, you know, I, it's it's not fair that Koreans come here and take up all the all the NA jobs and teams going full Korean. Like the reason teams, the reason teams go full Korean is not because there is some mythical Korean gene controlling all of this. It's because there is the grassroots and societal infrastructure to make this a viable option. And yeah. we are always going to be behind Korea as long as we don't have those things in place. Yeah, very good point. Um, one thing that I I'm kind of thinking of just as a, as a massive fan of it, I, I I would watch a I would watch CS:GO esports. I would watch a little bit of Valorant, whatever. I would never Straight really up. watch a sorry. I would never really watch a, a collegiate <laughs> Valorant broadcast, yeah. but I would watch a big org play. And I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering the different aspects of, you know, would people want to go and watch Contenders NA from Europe if it's a collegiate team or if it's a big org like, say, Solaris, right? Mm. And they're like, I'd rather watch Solaris than a random collegiate team. You know what I mean? I feel like viewership-wise. But then also there's a stark contrast point that I actually just thought of while thinking about this is D Team Diamond or uh, GC Busan in yeah. Korea. Lots of people from Busan want to go and support that team. Yeah. So maybe people from Illinois want to support ISU. So that's a flip side, but I think it's a dangerous game you're playing here when if, if everything goes towards collegiate in North America, are people going to really, outside of America, watch that? Yeah. Well, and I think that's where building a reputation comes in. And if they if those are the top teams, I don't see why not. I don't see whether it's called Redbirds or American Tornado uh, is one going to pull more viewership than the other because the other is tied to I a think, collegiate yes, team. to be honest. I think, yeah, I, I would rather watch a team called American Tornado than Illinois because I feel more attachment to it. Mm. That's uh, why so many people in Europe are fans of Paris Eternal and London Spitfire because you have that sort of regional attachment yeah. to it. Whether or not that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, it doesn't, but it, it it's there. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm, I loving think... the chat. I'm loving the chat right now. By the way, Matt is going off in the chat right now, and I just—I uh, have to point it out. Danger yeah. is my middle name. But, uh, ah! but I think we need to be a little bit careful here, guys, because uh, residents. Um, we got a hard out. Yeah, we got we got a we got a hard out. I'm afraid we've uh, we've got duties. children to look after. Um, one of You're us does. We're just going to go. We're just going to go and have a uh, have a drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, there's only a couple things left in the run of show. Um, I we do have a tier two tweet of the week, and uh, I'm not even slightly ashamed to say that I've given tier two tweet of the week to myself this week. It's because, a good tweet. It's good because I thought it was a good tweet, and it's gaining it's some traction. Tweet. And it doesn't happen often, so I'm highlighting it here. So go and uh, go. I love you for Twitter. this tweet, by the way. Thank you. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I you got to drop me a link. I was not prepared it. for this. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's in the run of show. It's in the run of show. It is in the run of show. Okay, okay. So, oh, have a link. I suck. Wow. For not having the run of show up. I had it up. I just missed it because I'm an idiot.
that's that's all there uh, is to it. Big yeah. time. Wait, oh, hold on. Well, you have to give oh, me yeah. a second to get oh, it. Up yeah, there. The, just the comedic timing on all of this is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. This is why I uh, love having two Brits or two UK. <laughs> whilst we're getting that lined up Billy, um, I guess thank you very much everyone for tuning in to join us thank you again to uh, Glitch, Glitch City on Twitter and on YouTube for letting us use her uh, remix of the King's Row theme as the intro and outro theme for the show we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with a topic we've yet to determine although I, th there's a pretty good chance we might have a special guest on the next episode, we'll just not confirm anything just yet, but that could be lots of fun. And uh, yeah, anything else anyone wants to say before we close? I'm working this out? on the other. I'm working on the other half of the ISU uh, squad there. Okay, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, that's who I'm working on trying to get here for the uh, sec for the the show in two weeks. Uh, I won't say the name because we don't need to say the name. Well, and if there's there when we get there friends out there if there's anybody you would like to see from the t2 scene if there's some uh, uh, uh even if it's just uh, a general start statement like you know, coaches players casters if let us know let us know what you're interested in like that's it's helpful to have that kind of feedback so i'll just go ahead and put that out there feel free to to hit us up on twitter or put it in chat put it in the comments below what, what we, kind of guests are, would you like to see we are also hoping in the next couple of weeks to open up a map 5 podcast discord so that if mm -hmm. you want to keep in touch with us there we can do that um again absolutely have a look at social media when that's when that's ready we'll put out something that's my goal uh, for next week is to get that fully put together so you know fingers crossed we get it there and we will leave you with our t2 tweet of the week this Finally. one coming from big hungry phil directly phil this is this is pretty awesome <sighs> sigma is now immune to crown control finally ah. as a as a proud the good kind of republican it warms my heart <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of the monarchy. <laughs> Waltzing into my games of Overwatch and taking over my oh, off take. That's good. That's good. That's <laughs> great. That's fantastic. I loved it from the second I saw it. Fantastic. Oh, oh well, that's gonna do it for us this week, friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll 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 see you next time. Hey guys, love y'all. <laughs>